put this out in the universe and then I've worked my way to it and I, I achieved it. Um, we're sitting in my office of a coffee shop that I am, you know, this is like, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you ever just kind of um, sit there and you're like, Holy yeah, God. I kick my feet up all the time. <laughs> and then I, uh, then I get, I feel shame and I have to get back to the computer yeah, get back. <laughs> or go make coffee, um, which right. I love. It turns out. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm good to go. Okay. Hi, my name is Denor Sapolia and welcome to Snapshot Atlanta. This is a podcast series focused on individuals engaged in social entrepreneurship and conscious capitalism inside the city. These are people who are determined to make a difference in the lives of those around them, who care first and foremost about supporting the communities that have supported them. This week, I talked to Jason Waller, owner of Waller's Coffee Shop. Depending on the day, Waller's can be a coffee house, a community center, or a music venue that strives to help destigmatize the conversation around mental health. We talked about Jason's mental health journey and how his experiences led him to start his own shop. So this kind of whole thing with Waller's started around two years ago, yeah. if I'm correct, right? And and where were you two years ago? What were you, um, what were you doing at that point? I was walking dogs and playing music and raising kids. And... So you were a full-time musician at that point, like? What would your job? Yeah, we we could definitely throw up the air quotes. It's <laughs> professional. Um, no, I have a bluegrass band. We were we we're playing a good bit, but uh, yeah, I was uh, doing that and um, just started taking my mental health a little more seriously. It probably feels like you still have a long ways to go, but mm-hmm. I mean, do you ever stop and think, like, oh my god, look at how far I've come with with, with the shop, with the community, and everything? For sure, it uh, it grounds me and, and it definitely keeps me humble. The amount of just information that I've ingested over the last two years and a lot of the lessons that I've learned the hard way. It's, it, I'm surprised I'm still here, to be honest. Really? Um, yeah, but it's, it is cool to kind of audit your abilities and then, um, and your reach and your scope and then look back and go, man, I've added to that. Like, mm-hmm. I've got all of these other skills and all of these other experiences under my belt that help out a lot. Um, I was looking at your guys' calendar yesterday just to kind of see what type of events you guys have going on. Because on your website, you're always talking about that. And you're serious, man. Like every single yeah. day every of day. this month, there is an event going on. Yeah, it's uh, like, no a full-on venue. We do all kinds of events, too. It's not just um, bluegrass. If anybody right. knows, <laughs> it was like, oh, you're just going to do a uh, little bluegrass? And I was like, no, nobody <laughs> comes to bluegrass shows. Why would I do that? It's a bad business. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, it's very eclectic and it's pretty much whatever the community throws at me mm-hmm. and I can fit into the calendar, it's happening. And those have been our most successful events because everybody else has their thing that they enjoy. Right. And uh, that's what I want this place to be is somewhere where you can use the place for whatever it is that you do what does wallers mean to you well community is what it means to me oh it just it means being comfortable or like aligning yourself with those things that you're good at and you enjoy and going for it and like fostering an atmosphere that allows people to explore those types of um, things in their life my my goal is to to make your day to make your day better um, and that's what I'm selling. Good vibes is what people say. This place has got good vibes. And I'm really? Like, yes, that's what I want. And that's it's, hard to uh, do, man. That's hard to do. That's my one-year-old naps. Well, it, obviously, it's uh, full of stuff right now. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he naps like a champion here. He's really? just, like, super comfortable. And he's just like, <laughs> I'll, I'll go down for two or three hours. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then I'll work. And I'll get work done. 
this isn't necessarily like it doesn't look like a coffee shop does that make sense like mm -hmm. like you walk in here there are couches there's a play area for kids it's like someone took this like living room and just <laughs> yeah, no. you know like someone took a living room and just kind of started putting a few coffee machines here and there yeah it know? definitely has like a house show feel right. like a very large living room mm -hmm. um we cater to families more mm -hmm. um like a lot of i've only heard one person complain about you know loud children mm -hmm. he said something to the effect of uh what is this a daycare center Oh man! And uh, <laughs> and I just got the biggest smile on my face when I heard. I, I didn't say it to me. It was like through yeah. my Bruce's, and, uh, and I was like, "Not yet." No, yeah, but that's a great idea. You should talk to I'm like, again. "That's that's a wonderful idea." <laughs> so we started uh, Toddler Tuesdays, and uh, mm -hmm. every Tuesday morning from ten to eleven thirty, uh, Miss Shannon comes down and has this like like full on entertainment camp for an hour and a half and uh it's amazing the whole parking lot will be full but nobody will be in the building because they're all out in the woods um with miss shannon um yeah and, and that's another interesting part it's not just the building and the location itself but you know you kind of found this little utopia around here and could you talk a little bit more about what surrounds um wallers what's going on around here this is the perfect spot um in so <laughs> many different ways um I kept running into it when I was looking at buildings. And I mean, Kudzu was literally engulfing half of the building. Oh, God. And it took months of uh, like going in with your hands and like little uh, scissors to cut them off at the base. And you did this yourself? Or do you have the help? community did. Okay. Friends and family, um, just okay. different volunteers at different times, my own kids, which is really cool to have everybody come together and just offer a couple hours of sweat. So, yeah, let's go back to the beginning then. So how did this idea come about? I mean, you know, talking to you about, you know, your history with music, I, I, I'm starting to understand it, but why did you want to make a coffee shop that was also a music venue and more specifically how did you try how did you pitch this to people well my whole life i'd never wanted to own a music venue <laughs> <laughs> like i couldn't i couldn't do the traveling with music because of my decision to want to be in my children's lives kind of looked at the things that i enjoy that i feel like i'm good at and gathering people together was something that i've always enjoyed and i feel like i'm pretty good at it and it just it just hit me i i love coffee shops community education a place of retreat a place of inspiration you know the music the art the poetry the literature um that vibe and then mm -hmm. i love booking shows and seeing bands do their thing um so, so coffee this, yeah, so was you, mm -hmm. a vehicle to get to this place okay which yeah. is hilarious because <laughs> I had never been a barista before owning my own espresso machine. And, and that's what kind of gets to me. So you, you know, you were pretty good at the music part of this whole idea. Yeah, that was, that, that, is, that was pretty developed. Yeah. So what about this? So you said you'd never been a barista. Did you know how to make coffee? Did you know how to get no roasters? and the coffee was actually part of uh, my mental health journey because I stopped mm -hmm. uh, processed sugar. So I stopped putting sugar in my coffee, oh. and then I stopped putting um, creamers in my coffee, and all of a sudden I'm left with this brown water that <laughs> was actually made from dead coffee, um, mm -hmm. but I didn't know that at the time. And then I started going and tasting 
different types of coffee and I realized that this was like a whole journey just like music and uh, like a, the culinary art mm-hmm. of coffee. And um, Waller got connected with Batdorf and Bronson, an Atlanta coffee roastery that not only supplies vendors with their products, but also offers integral training and support. They are a wonderful company and provided um, all of the guidance that I needed and then some. And then uh, they continue to be a resource for me. Who um, introduced you to them? How did you get in touch with them? I reached out to Jonathan. That's Jonathan Pascal. Over at Kirkwood Taproom. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I did a consultant month with him and he owns his own coffee shop and yeah yeah and then so one of the other services that he provides is uh, um um, consulting with coffee shops what did he think Um, about your idea like he got me to tell him my vision and he's like that's it you stick with that yeah so so let's talk about that a little bit so you had a connection with a roasting company you had a few mentors lined up that were helping you define the vision of this place and and, and you even had the location with the kudzu and all of that. So moving forward, how long did it take you to open the shop up? What were some of the biggest issues? Just overall, what was the kind of development process of opening this place up to what it is today? I had, I guess it was November, December 2016. Started working on myself January 2017. Like the vision was coming together. Mm-hmm. It took about three months for me to really buy into it or to believe it. Um, and what was that tipping point that got you to be like, this is it? I was walking a dog or just walking <laughs> and I thought to myself, what's going to make me happy in the long run? Like, what's my retirement plan? I like, I want to live where I can walk to a coffee shop. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I look to my left and there is a four lease sign right down the street from my house. So I went all in. I uh, told the world and uh, started raising money August 1st. 2017, I signed the lease mm-hmm. for here. All of it just came at once. And I've been reverse engineering that vision. I got my education by making, by falling on my face over and over and over again. It was a long year and a half. What kept you going? I don't know. <laughs> because it wasn't until we were really open, which was, you know, five months ago, that um, I saw what this place could do for the community. And what it could do for even just one individual made it all worth it. We don't get to see the return of our efforts in life a lot of times, you know, like we don't know what a smile or letting somebody cut in front of you on the interstate kind of ripple effect that'll have in someone's life. But I get to see that here. I get to see people go through stuff and come out on the other side it's uh it's pretty it's pretty amazing tell me about your youtube series and why you started calling yourself dad online dad was a cheesy acronym for uh depression awareness dude okay um so i started uh, like this i kind of outed myself as somebody who uh lives with um, depression and, and bouts of anxiety and I was looking for free help, and there really wasn't a lot of free help. So I started this video series, and I was going to my friends, and uh, we'd talk about stigma. They'd play me a song, 12 minutes, mm-hmm. YouTube video. YouTube, like, I, I will say I was raised by YouTube. That was, like, kind of the third parent. 
Gotcha. You know, and, I, and I think a lot of kids, even these days, are, are going to be influenced by the internet more than you know we want to we want to admit. Um, I wanted to ask you, what do you think, or how do you think the conversation has changed around mental health when the internet comes into play? Well, I think there's a lot of misinformation. And as well as the allowance for stigma to play itself out, mm-hmm. and uh, and the online bullying, people get pretty brazen mm-hmm. about like being jerks um, oh, yeah. when they can hide behind you know the internet wall or whatever. The just the sheer amount of information is overwhelming, and our communities were small. Like for me, I grew up in the '90s. I had school, sports teams, church, and there's these like little pockets of people that I was exposed to and like middle school was like this <laughs> eye-opening experience like oh my gosh all these other people <laughs> and uh from the other side of town right um and now you get on your phone and it's just I I couldn't imagine having to navigate trying to find out who I was now what was the first day like were you nervous? Was it excited? A bit of both? Well, I had spent months getting my hopes up and getting them trashed. Like every week, it's <laughs> like, oh, Monday's the day. Not just the day. And it was just like this up and down. Yeah. And so by that point, I was like, well, we'll believe it when we see it. And I knew that I didn't have to like throw a big party the first day I was open and have mm. a soft opening for a minute. And um, mm. so I kept planning the grand openings. And then having to reschedule it two months, <laughs> three months out. I was like, oh, we'll be open in four months. And then four months ago by, I'm like, damn, I got to call all these people and tell them not to come. Um, it was great. We were doing these uh, all-day events on sat- like the first Saturday or the last Saturday of every month. And um, I was just like sending out the SOS and bands were coming and playing wow. and donating their time from noon to six, noon to 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Um having these all day like we're calling them rent parties where people just come and donate money and time and food and, mm-hmm. um, slowly they've just turned into programming and not I've been trying not to call them rent parties anymore <laughs> yeah um, probably but probably uh, a good idea I mean I started a Patreon for people who really believe in this place um, you know five dollars a month I mean that's if I can get enough people on board it'll make a big difference if let's say everything goes as planned or as close to the plan as possible and you know you get the investors you get you you maintain control whatever whatever your your vision is in the next year two years whatever it is where do you see this place going how do you think it's going to evolve and what would you like it to change into i would like to have created something that survives on its own that i don't have to be a part of the day-to-day um I love making coffee, and that's actually one of my problems because <laughs> I can't get out from behind the bar. Because uh-huh. I really enjoy the interacting with people and the, uh, making something delicious and making their day. A special thanks to Jason for his time and being such a fantastic guest. Thank you all so much for listening. Next week, I talk to JC Lewis, the marketing lead at Community Bucket an organization using the power of volunteering to build stronger local communities and making service social. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred platform of choice, and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. This episode is a product of Audiographies, produced and edited by Jacob Smolian. 
The music was created by Yolanda Weathers, Trey Leon, and Keenan Willis. Oh no. <laughs> no, dude, this is this is nerve-wracking. I've never promoed sponsored by you for a low price of $9.99. I don't know. This episode was sponsored by no one, but it could be sponsored by you. Please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash audiographies. Consider becoming a patron so we can keep bringing you stories like this one. You'll get behind-the-scenes content like photos with our guests, unedited interviews, and bloopers like this one right here, but also offers integral training and support. Let me do that again. Integral? Integral? Integral, what? This is why I'm so bad at calculus, dude. I kept saying it wrong. (laughs) We'll see you in the next one.